0: The planchet is a product of the American Numismatic Society. Become a member and support this podcast. Go to numismatics.org/membership. That is numismatics with an s. dot org/membership to see options and prices. Welcome to the Planchet Podcast from the American Numismatic Society. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt and my guest today is numismatist and archaeologist, Professor François de Calaté. He has uh, studied ancient Greek money for his PhD at the Catholic University in Louvain in Belgium, after which he began what continues to be an amazing academic career, spending time at the French School at Athens, the Free University of Brussels, the Belgian National Foundation of Scientific Research, the Sorbonnes, and you've got to pr- forgive me as an American, I cannot pronounce French, and so... This will make you laugh uh, for the Sabon's Ecole uh, Pratique uh, de Haute Etude, uh, holding Wonderful. the chair of monetary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um uh, where he held the chair of monetary and financial history of the greek world and the royal library of belgium where he served as the chief curator of its coin cabinet and later as the head of collections uh de Calete's work has been recognized throughout uh, through many prizes and awards including the medal of the royal numismatic society for his wealth of contributions to numismatic literature which includes hundreds of articles reviews and books and his latest edited volume was published by the ans in 2023 it's called numismatic antiquarianism through correspondence 16 through the 18th centuries, in the margin of the project, and here I go again: Fontes, Enediti, Numismatici, Antiqui, or Fina, uh, that features 14 new articles on the earliest days of numismatic research. Uh, welcome to the program, Francois.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. And uh, I have immediately to address my my gratefulness to you because you are you are the editor of, uh, of these uh, proceedings, and um, I'm so happy that and you did so well.
0: Well, oh, thank you, thank you so much. And so, uh, I, I wanted to start right in and ask you if you could tell us a little bit about the Fina project. Um, what is Fina? How did it come about? And then, uh, w- <laughs> let's let's go from there. Yeah. Uh, FINA is an educated acronym
1: for font in Latin for, and you pronounce, your Latin is perfect, Andrew, uh, is, uh, and <laughs> we well, tend to be a Dutch of that, which is which has not. <laughs>
0: gr- grat- gr- Gratias, agotibi. <laughs> <It's, ooh. laughs> <laughs> We're going to do the rest of the podcast in Latin, folks.
1: Um, <laughs> It's an acronym for, uh, so in Latin, for Fontes Inediti Numismaticae Antiquae, which means unpublished or unedited sources for ancient kinds. And it's also a pun, I suppose, with um, something of my childhood, meaning that uh, in in Belgium, the the main oil company was FINA. uh, But that was uh, just like Esso or Shell or or British Petroleum. Um, You have... um, Stations everywhere in Belgium, and so it, it's, a, it's 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 a reminding of my my childhood. That's it, <laughs> and <Wow>. that's that's <laughs> for the name. Um, and the fact is that um, I, I suppose it's a, something like a disease, or should I say a pathology? <laughs> um, just to start with ancient things, at a certain moment, to not to switch, but to be more and more involved with historiography and antiquarianism. I'm I'm not I'm not the first one, by and I'm of course um, considering for recent years or the recent decades um, the most impressive um, case is possibly Andrew Burnett of the uh, British Museum, who was originally a specialist of Roman coins and then turned to antiquarianism and published in these three monumental books the hidden treasures. Uh, for antiquarianism, Numismatic Antiquarianism in, in, in Great Britain uh, from the beginning, which means the 15th, I would say, but mostly 16th century up to 1750. But uh, but Michael Crawford was another case. Uh, in France, uh, um, um, Jean-Louis Ferrari was also some somebody interested to, not with guns, but with epigraphy and, and uh, Roman history, and he switched to uh, to to but for and I suppose I don't know for them, but for me there is a, a particular circumstance. Um, it turns out that uh, at the very beginning of, the, of this millennium, I uh, I met my my, my, my wife, who uh, is a, pro, a professional paper restorer, and uh, she used to work with uh, a good friend of her, who was offered at a certain point to uh to acquire uh, actually 200 boxes full of prints uh ancient prints modern prints 19th century 18th century 17th century 16th century not 15 but 16 there were a lot and i'm there were afternoons it's it's the action uh, happened in a small village of a city uh, south of Brussels called Nivelle. and I spent afternoons just looking, passing through these boxes, and and of course and 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 starting a collection actually of uh, prints, ancient prints with um, with coins, gems, everything related with antiquity, and beyond. Well, before that, uh, when I was uh, in my at the university. I received uh, very randomly two books of, um, uh, of uh, a, a distinguished numismatist, Dutch numismatist of the uh, of, uh, 16th century, Seward, uh given by a famous Danish sculptor who was a very good friend of my of my mother, who died, and uh, 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 his uh, daughter offered that to me, saying, "I'm the only numismatist in the in, in, in his." In a circle. And uh, and then I I collected first prints, then frontispieces, and then naturally books, and uh, with my modest means of uh, state employee, meaning um, in- interested by books who are uh, of no interest for bibliophiles. But for me, I was reading, I was really reading the content of that. And from that point on, I, I started to. To devote a part, and then a significant part of my publications to antiquarianism, and if I if I can prolong about that, I you know I suppose I spoke with uh, on that with Andrew, uh, and we, we share uh, the, the, the point uh, is that um, antiquarianism to com- to compare with um, uh, the activity the noble activity of an historian. Uh, antiquarianism is something. Um, it's not a second zone, but it's a, it's more erudition. It's more. Um, it, it's it's extremely funny. It's factual uh, for us poor historians of ancient times. Uh, suddenly, when you are um, interested, when, when you are discovering this wonderful world full of sources, you know every everything about every everyone. Uh, it's it's extremely, um, I could say, attractive because it's a. But it doesn't. Normally, it doesn't uh, it doesn't capture the real sense of synthesis, which is uh, something which is supposed to be the most uh, important uh, quality of an historian. And so, it's something like a relaxation, like um, it's uh, something. Okay, I'm doing f- very serious things, and then Antichristianism is um, is a danseuse, it's a, is a, is a, uh, is a, is a second field which is um, very. Very, very attractive, very funny, but not as distinguished as ancient history. Uh, trying to, very to 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 recruit to to rewrite or write um, the vanished past, and um, but 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 it's um it's an addiction. So I, uh, I uh, from that point onwards, I think I, I devote it. It depends. I, I typically. <laughs> I typically lived uh, with uh, in a monomacul, uh, very to be focusing on one point for two or three weeks in order to produce a paper of uh, a paper, then fifteen pages, and to be totally devoted on that. And of course, it's a bit um, uh, schizophrenic because if you put a camera on on people like me, you see, oh, he at his desk, and uh, life look looks rather. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> boring or dull, or <laughs> but I, I, at the same time, I, it's it's not. It's really adventures um, and adventures and a world of changing adventures. Uh, every three weeks, you are in a different world, and then you can combine antiquarianism with I don't know, Vlasic times, or to 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 do things about archaeology or history or, or or Cleopatra, and that's that's my the way I'm uh, I've i suppose that's for me it's that's the, the way to to live my uh, to, to to perform research um in a, the most satisfying way um and antiquarianism occupied a lot of my my time um for a long time what i did is to produce basically for let's say in between mostly 2005 and now was to produce from time to time uh, papers, and I think I, I do have now something like thirty or forty papers related with anti on different topics. But the main thing, the main thing, was not visible so far, and that's the what we I, I called in French in a very obsolete, very eighteenth century way, le grand document, the big document, let's say, um, and that's that's the place. Originally, it was a word file, so it was really <laughs> when I I gathered uh, everything I could find uh, on on unpublished sources, meaning mostly letters, mostly correspondence, um, and and it's <laughs> it still it still exists as a word file with I don't know three million characters. Um, Oh. Equivalent of 2,000 2,500 pages in, in, in font oh, 10. Oh my
0: god! Uh, so it's
1: <laughs> it's huge, and of course, it's silly just to, <laughs> to gather that. And then, and then also, um, all the unpublished catalogs, um, all the di- uh, things in di- unpublished diaries, um, 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 the unpublished books, of course, manuscripts of unpublished books, of copies of, m- m- of uh, published books, or Another category, which is annotated, uh, annotated uh, printed books, um, and even the best, even the, even better if annotated by some uh, major figures, uh, and and then and so I did that. That was was the most time consuming for me. It was to gather all these 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 material, these letters, and of course the idea, and I, and I'm I'm on the point to to, to, to conclude, <laughs> Andrew, um, yes, and um. And, and, and the real nice thing now is that, uh, due to, and we will speak about that, uh, we will evoke, uh, these, uh, wonderful people, Bernard Wojtek, Bernard Krabina, um, uh, Daniela Williams, due to the, Vien- the Viennese connection in Vienna, um, now, the, the grand document exists on a, there is a specific website, a specific website for FINA, and a specific website for us. I mean, the, the capacity to play with all this evidence in a so easy uh, way. And that's, that's really um, a very rewarding uh, accomplishment, I would say. And I'm so grateful to my Viennese colleagues. And the last publication uh, is. Was is the, the proceeding of a conference we, we, we had in Rome um, some years ago, uh, and it, where well, it was the idea was to take advantage of these uh, large and uh, so far not exploited uh,
0: kind of sources. That's it this well thanks for your time um no I'm, I'm kidding i i have i have so many questions uh this is this is uh, just amazing to to speak with you and, and and to to hear the enthusiasm you know about the about the topic and you know that there there are phd students out there who get really jaded they're tired of of their research and everything and 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 then you know here you are um everyday working on something new, working on something creative, uh, working on something that you, you, you truly love. Um, and, you know, as, as you're describing it, you're working you know, heavily on, on one topic for two to three weeks. Um, uh, we call it a sprint. And so you'll have a writing sprint, you know, for two to three weeks, and then you might put it, put your manuscript in a drawer And then go to do something else, and then come back to it to revise. Um, Unless, of course, you're perfect, uh, which you might be. I don't know. Um, So (laughs) it's the best scenario. It's (laughs) I'm not achieving that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It's the ideal. (laughs) But it's 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 fabulous, you know, that you do have the grand document um, of of all of these sources that you've that you've now put online. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you could if do you know the URL. Uh, where people can go and, and uh, take a look at this. The, the, the basic world is fina
1: wiki, and so the um, it's https uh, double point slash slash, and then it's fina f i n a, and then dot knowledge dot wiki, and then you have everything. But if you put if you put on Google, if you are uh, if you are going on Google and just put fina. And wiki, because that's the Wikipedia uh, technology. You can find Fina, wiki, and then everything, every name, every every Roman emperor, or, or everything you want.
0: Okay, um, and I'll, I'll put that into the show notes also so that when people are listening back to this, they can have something to click on and they can click through and uh, get to the resource. Um, when you're collecting these resources, and and I know that you spent an awful lot of time in France, and, and you're in fact in France now, um, I haven't had the pleasure of of uh, visiting Paris. Um, one of these days I will. And one of the first places I'd like to go is where they sell all of the antiquarian books and all of the used books. And and I'm wondering just how much time you might have spent there um, just browsing through the book stalls. Um, and do you still continue to do so whenever you visit Paris?
1: No, that's uh, um, I have to, to deceive you, Andrew. Oh, no. <laughs> this is a postcard. This is a Parisian postcard. <laughs> if you, I mean... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, along along the river, you mean? Um, yeah, along uh, the sand, not... in, in these, these green boxes, and uh, you can make your find your your your, um, your your make make wonderful discoveries. No, it, that's a long time. That it's really for tourists. There is no ancient books. Is, it's very expensive. It's disappointing. And um, no, uh, for ancient books, I would say that. Um, but, Paris is possibly sorry for. It's not the <laughs> m- the first place I will think of um, just buying ancient books. Um, l- um, I, I, what I did, uh, but it's not reproducible. Re- I think it's uh, it's what I did, but in it was in these old years, twenty years ago or fifteen years ago, I, I extensively bought on eBay and and, and, and certainly on eBay uh, in in the US um, and um, with I, and. And of course, these books at that time, fifteen years ago, these books were, I mean, damaged or, or a book which are normally not of interest for bibliophiles. But they they, they, they appear on on eBay. Now they don't appear. <laughs> these even even if they are there. Unsatisfying for the bibliophile with uh, two plates missing, uh, the cover damaged, or, or different things, uh, but they, they they simply don't appear anymore on, on, on eBay. So uh, I'm very glad to have formed that collection in that time. Uh, but of course, if you if you speak about it, you know that the it's irresistible. But the the, the best collection uh, I suppose for numismatic ancient numismatic books. Um, is definitely it's of a private collection of Jonathan Kagan, um, uh, who, who did that on a on a grand scheme, I would say. Uh, with um, and and then you have uh, a compatriot of Belgium, uh, Christian de Kesel That's the key person for the catalog of all the printed uh, books. So he has published that's the one who published uh, in one book all the numismatic books about. Um, Printed in the 16th century, then in three books, uh, for the 17th century, then in five books for the 18th century, and it, it, it's a notion. It's um, i, I, I if to I have some some numbers in mind. I think he, he, he succeeded to um, have a record for 20,000 books of Numismatics, or among which one-fifth only for numismatics. Um, at the very beginning, when I was interested with f- these uh, kind of uh, numismatic antiquarianism, um, I realized, but uh, every anybody <laughs> will <would> realize, <laughs> that it, there is a wall, there is literally a wall in the 19th century. So it means, and I suspect that it's really the apparition of, uh, of photography, w- which modifies, uh, modified the, the, the landscape, meaning that people at the end of the 19th century discount uh, disconsider uh, everything which has been uh, published before as unreliable because these engravings were not reliable to make a die study for example they were not precise enough although they are sometimes um, and uh, and then if you it's always the same thing if you if you look at a, a book published now and paying attention to the historiography normally this book will uh, go back in time to the 20th century before the second world war that could be before the first world war but then it stops in the 1870s 1880s uh and and there is a wall and it's not fair because there was a, a a mountain of publication before and and the main thing and then i stop the main thing is that if you if you ask the question if in these all books, there are some uh, forgotten knowledge, were very important now, and uh, uh, so that's, that's why it's important to, to, have, um, uh, to read about that. The answer is no, no, it's not that. But what is really important is that it's a way of thinking. Um, it's um, in these books. Uh, you see how people what what was considered as interesting by people in the 17th, 18th century, all their format research, uh, um, what were their preconception, per, for example, how it evolved uh, with with time, and uh, and so and and for that, for that we can argue that still now we are the, the earth, we are we have we, we are the the the. We inherited from a way of thinking we are normally not unaware, but it's there. And so it's important to be lucid about that.
0: <laughs> I completely agree. And, and, and um, you know, one of the things that I started thinking about while you were you know, uh, speaking earlier um, was the fact that with numismatic antiquarianism and this older numismatic literature, these old catalogs, these old engravings, um, this correspondence—is that you're really giving a human face um, to you know the study of in this case you know ancient coins. Um, you're 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 having a window you know into the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries, uh, into the people behind these collections, and you know their 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 knowledge gathering, and you know we're kind of witnessing the birth of you know, the study of, uh, you know, uh, the archaeology and the history of uh, the ancient Mediterranean world. Absolutely. Absolutely, Andrew. And I thank you for your, your comment
1: because it's exactly, that's, that's the, the, let's say, the miracle. It's that um, if you are reading books, um, it's, let's say, uh, it's dead, it's dry, it's, uh, there are arguments, and, uh, but with correspondence, with diaries, uh, with manuscripts it becomes a very, very lively uh, republic of medals uh, with blood, with tears, with quarrels. Uh, it's a much more animated world than the, the, the printed uh, world, of course. And, and that's fascinating. And uh, there are two, I would argue, for two points. One point is that the level of chronorship conor, of uh, expressed in these correspondence is higher than uh, in printed books. We can understand that because in printed books normally people are more prudent um, than in correspondence, where they could venture into a hypothesis and uh, and they and they did, um, and and so it's it's really um, these these unpublished uh, sources are attesting a level of knowledge which is higher, and then you have and then of course you have a network of personal relationships. And it's not only uh, to see who were friends and who were not, uh, but it's also it appears that the um, let's say the hierarchy of um, uh, admiration of uh, is not exactly the same as what <laughs> it appears uh, in it appears in in, in printing books. Uh, you have people who are in printing books Fulvio Orsini, for example, was. In Rome in the 16th century, he was supposed to be the, the prince of antiquarians, and, um, and never, n- nobody could contest him. Uh, but in correspondences, <laughs> they are saying not so. not. Are not uh, everybody is not uh, all the time uh, very kind uh, about him and his his capacity. And it sounds, uh, it sounds a lot, of course, not surprisingly, about the capacity to detect
0: forgeries. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the scholars and the researchers who are doing the work on numismatic antiquarianism and literature and correspondence. And if we can go on the other side of the coin, um, to use a very tired pun, uh, I'm curious to know, well, who was actually collecting and writing about coins in the 16th century and what was driving their interest? Yeah. So it's, first of all, it's... um...
1: It's a world. It's really a republic. Um, There is a republic of letters, but there is a sub-republic which is uh, the republic of medals. And and they used to call some of them used to call themselves as such, republic of medals. Um, These republic of medals was mostly, I would say, I'm my my first. I'm tempted to put um, on the forefront the Jesuits and the doctors in medicine. And actually, not in that order, but uh, possibly the doctor in medicines first and then the Jesuits uh, second. But that's really uh, the, the knowledgeable people, uh, the scholars, the erudite people, the, those who are able to, to speak several languages, to understand Latin. Uh, which was rather normal at the time. Greek, which was not normal. And if you can speak, uh, in addition, Hebrew, that was really abnormal. Um, so, But if you take the collectors, let's say that this world is, to be simplistic, you have a first phases, and that's the 16th century up to the middle of the 17th century. And the, the princes, the, 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 the most important collectors, were the Italians. Popes, princes, uh, bishops— uh, for sure, uh, the Medici in Rome, uh, cardinals uh, in Rome—and and, uh, they were—they dominated the market for a long time, being on the spot, being in Rome, and at a moment where um, the most precious coins were not the gold or, or silver Greek coins, as speaking about ancient coins, as the taste has been shaped since a long time now. But at the time, it was the Bronze Roman Cisterci, which were considered as medals. These were really the ooh, ultimate piece uh, for collecting. And then you have so, and, and then of course you have um, the, um, the, um, the, the, the Thirty Years War, uh, so in between 1618 and 1648. Uh, and it was rather a, a decline everywhere, because it's, the, the, the situation was frozen. The war was not not so much in Italy, but certainly in Germany and certainly in, in the Netherlands. And then after that, the, the end of the 17th century, That's there's a window for the French collectors. They were encouraged by Louis XIV, who was giving the example. The French collectors were dominant in Rome and uh, the most powerful uh, in terms of finances. But the reign was short because uh, at the very end of the... Uh, 18 of a uh, of 17th century, and certainly in the first decades of a uh, of, uh, 18th century, the British aristocrats came with Andrew Fontaine collecting for uh, the Duke of Devonshire or Pembroke, and uh, and these were have uh, many letters saying how inbeatable they were. They had more money. They could really on the market. They could buy anything. And so it's you have to simplify. It's um, uh, the Italians first, then for a couple of decades at the end of the, of the 17th century, the French, and then you have the, the the English aristocrats. And that's really for the first half of the 18th century. And then it became more dispersed because um, you had more. Um, you have, you had, at the end of the 18th century, you had big collectors, certainly in Germany, cert, also in Spain or in the Netherlands. So that's for the, the, the collectors. And for the knowledge people, uh, the one who, who really made advances, uh, knowledge advances, uh, I would say that So the, the role of the doctors in medicine is well known. Um, they have these advantage, the profitable advantage of the autopsy. That's part of the, the, the professional skills um, to to have an uh examination of the coins, which is to put a single coin into a series and to see if it if it fits or if it doesn't fit. And they were extremely uh, they they were they, they did extremely well to make some progresses uh, versus philologists. or philologists were again and again commenting text and um, a bit lost with over uh, interpretation. And then, and that's, that's, that's mostly the 17th century, Vaillant was a, a, a medicine, Savo was a medicine, uh, a doctor in medicine, uh, uh, many, many, many others, dozens and dozens. And then you have the Jesuits, and the Jesuits are... Uh, <laughs> How could I say <laughs> they, they, they have a reputation to be smart, um, and um, but not all, not all of them. Certainly, the most famous school, let's say, is uh, the Viennese school, with um, ending with Josef Ekel, Josef Hilarius Ekel, uh, better called the, the father of modern numismatics. Um, and and, and <laughs> ironically. Um, Eckel did his gigantic Doctrina Numerum in um, many volumes because, ironically, his order was destroyed. I mean, it's because the, the Jesuit order was dissolved by Joseph II than uh, somebody like Eckel had... Um, Nothing to do except to, to 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 remain in his current cabinet and 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 just to study, uh, no more mundane uh, activity, and um, that's for. But but Ekel himself, and I'm I just published a paper, a full paper on that. Ekel was wonderful, and he has a, a power of synthesis which is really remarkable. But in terms of real of um, uh, novelty of uh, really people who are who are taking paths uh, uh, not. Uh, practiced before uh his predecessor Erasmus Fröhlich, was even better to my modest mind and uh and and I published that I published a paper to to argue how Frölich was uh in inventive and and creative um doing that you have this wonderful character um, at the, at the turn of the 17th and 18th century called Jean Ardouin who was totally i would say with some uh, distance he was is considered now as to be uh, totally full uh, he he was so he, he was a specialist of interpreting uh, the letters at the exerg of uh, roman carnages and greek carnages and with three letters he could reconstruct everything the bible if possible the new testament or uh, everything and he was he was really creative but in a bad way so and at the end it turned to be uh to to reach a point of hypocriticism which has not been reached by anybody else on earth through the history. Anthony Grafton in in Princeton wrote a book, wrote a paper and and a substantial part of the book about him, about the the fully of uh, Jean Ardouin. Jean Ardouin, at a certain point, was convinced that all the ancient literature, Greek and Latin, was not ancient, but was the forgery was made was written in the thirteenth century by a band of monks um and and so he was he was he was totally saying nothing so even Virgil even Omer the only one to be to have to to, to resist to his uh, enterprise of demolition was uh saint augustine uh, but that's the only one so um so it was really at a point, so he had problems with his order because the order of Jesuits was in Paris. And I uh, 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 asked him uh, uh, formally just to stop to write about that because it was damaging for the reputation of the order. Uh, but he continued. And, he, and of course, at that time, people. Um, it continued not to be published in, in in Paris, but to be published in Amsterdam, which is always a good place, or uh, Antwerp. But at that, that time, it was Amsterdam uh, to publish things which are forbidden in France.
0: Wow! T- take a breath. Um, the- <laughs> 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 um, my uh, my my question is: I mean, you have the Jesuits, uh, you know, on on the one side doing you know the the more academic. Um, readings and and correspondence of uh, understanding, you know, numismatic history specifically through the ancient Mediterranean, but you know, for for, for these other folks, the 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 moneyed gentry, you know, for example, in, in France or Italy or England, were, were they did they take a passing academic interest in this, or was it you know just kind of a competition, saying, oh, I've got more money, I'm going to buy this, and you can't have it because I got it first, and and was this competition in the country, or was this competition just international? No, the competition
1: was huge and everywhere, and uh, to be, to to not to be honest, I don't know if it's a good expression, but if you would consider the five thousand letters in Fina or in uh, in the Grand Document, uh, I would say that three thousands at least are uh, rather. Uninteresting letters of collectors trying to bargain and trying to 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 to, to get the best price, uh, and they were interested just by by to mo- to make a collection because at that time, of course, it was a question of social status, and um, and it's very clear. Again, it's I, I I'm I'm thinking to France because at that moment in the 18th century, it's really very clear. Very, Thierry Sarment has written a, a wonderful uh, paper about the death. Of Monsieur des Maisons, and that's a, a gentleman who was who, who died very rather uh, young. He was in his thirties, and he, he succeeded before that to build a collection to a scale which was approaching the scale of the King of France, uh, but the a collection of the King of France who was created through decades and through accumulation of different generations, and and then he died, and that was and 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 that's very really at a at that moment people were they started to be disinterested by collecting coins. And especially since a couple of years before, or a couple of years before, he died in 1709, so it's actually two decades. But Louis XIV, at a certain moment, who was the major impetus for collecting, so just to imitate the king, uh, he was tremendously interested by ancient coins when he was young. Uh, he used to wake up with and to, tea, to, to give uh, to receive lessons of his uh, confessor, um, the Abbot de la Chaise. The, the big cemetery in, in Paris is Le, le Père de la Chaise, Le Père la Chaise. But that's the confessor of uh, Louis XIV, who every morning told the king about ancient counts. But that was when he was in his, still in his forties, possibly fifties. But at a certain point, he, 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 he was no more uh, that interested. And and we can follow and there is then these that's more um, from let's say an intellectual point of view it's more relevant and, and more interesting um, the 18th century is really the century of the Enlightenment and what we observe is that and there are statistics uh, Antoine Schnapper did that for the 17th century but we could that produce that for the 18th century uh, it's it's a turn uh, a Pomian uh, Christoph Pomian uh, wrote about that. Um, we 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 started the 18th century with a lot of coin collectors, and it was an antiquities, but coins. Coins were not expensive, basically, so nearly everybody could. It was really the value of the metal. So with one, as I mentioned uh, before, with one day salary, a mason or, or um, a skilled artisan uh, could buy a Roman coin, a Roman denarius, which is n- not exactly the case now, um, because it was the value of of a silver um but um during the eighteenth century with the enlightenment uh numismatists or coin collectors were were mocked actually at a certain point as um in 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 germany there's this terrible word "Fachidioten" uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the the stupid people which are just <laughs> were unable <laughs> to think about about facts just gathering facts um or uh, kinds and then you have um this painting of Chardin with uh, the, monkey, the collector monkey, which is a numismatist, of course. That's a monkey, but he's a, um, it's an ape collector <laughs> of coins. And, and, and of course, the, the smart people, they decided, and from a social uh, perception as well with the encyclopedist, and, uh, uh, it was much more trendy at, from that point onwards to collect uh, naturalia. Uh, shells, uh, meteorites, uh, things like that, because that o- that opens uh, philosophical um, avenues, uh, just about the, the, the age of the, of the Earth, uh, contesting uh, the Bible. These these much more interesting um, uh, from an intellectual point of view uh, openings, and um, and and. And possibly for France, the, the, um, and there, the, there is just for the moment a PhD by Adrien Rambach, who is just on the point to, to, to finish a PhD about this character, Abraham Michelet-Denry. Abraham Michelet-Denry was a collector um, in the second part of the 18th century, and he collected frantically. He, he, he succeeded to to, to 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 get a collection, to, to acquire coins by dozens of thousands, uh, nearly the size of Joseph Pellerin, who remains the, the ultimate a collector of the 18th century, and but it was it was intensely hated by all these collectors uh, because he cheated them uh, systematically. And so when his collection was sold before uh, him living him alive, um, they it was a disaster. Uh, the coins didn't uh, uh, reach the, the price of what was expected, so it was really a disaster for him. And we have but. We, um, but it's a turning point. It's a very clear sign that from that moment, coins are—it's no more a question of uh, social status and, and uh, status and, and and collecting is uh, collecting coins is certainly no more trendy. It will be. It will. It will <laughs> happen again in the 19th century, but that's a different story.
0: <laughs> yes, we will save that for another time. When when you do yeah. the next book yeah <laughs> um, um, okay so we have roughly 5000 letters online as part of the FINA project and I'm wondering if there are still any big and unanswered questions about numismatic antiquarianism and uh, what those might be and can we expect another FINA conference anytime?
1: Coin collecting is a fascinating historiography is very trendy and coin collecting is really uh, remarkable uh, as, a, as, an, as a topic Um uh, but it's not exactly uh, the best point for the history of IDs, or, or uh, it's more it's it's full of different aspects. So of different about, about a social network, uh, ha, about how people, um, for what purpose they 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 they, did, they, they collected uh, or not. So what I see is that for FINA now we are still in a phase, and we will be, we will be for a while. Uh, we are still in a phase is where we have to aggregate um, ver- I mean, a large part of missing evidence. Um, the, uh, the- there is a very good news with the possibility just to uh, pay for somebody who will integrate uh, all of the evidence gathered by Andrew Burnett in his hidden treasures. That's excellent. That will be a major uh a, a major improvement but as i mentioned for spain things uh needs to be done uh for um germany so certainly and not to speak about scandinavia poland and uh it's it's coming uh that's that's also the role of such a project it's also to um to make people uh, aware or or, or sensitive to, to 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 these problems and to say oh but we have also that and that for example one topic to, to be back with france um, the, 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 the big arbors where coins were brought for uh, into Western Europe uh, to, to collectors. Actually, it's very interesting. So Venice, for sure, that's a major, a major uh, place for coin collecting, and there is a, a republic uh, of medals in Venice itself. But su- surprisingly enough, Genoa, nothing, well, nearly nothing. There is no um, coin collectors in Genoa. Which was also a maritime uh, empire at the, at the time. So, and the um, with a French tropism, I would say, Marseille is missing. There is No PhD about antiquarianism. Generally speaking, uh, for Marseille in the 17th, and 18th century, we have, we know that there are a lot of sources. We know that there were a lot of people uh, dealing with coins and and not only with gems and uh, things in Marseille. But it has to be known. And so I think that we that's it will. be, uh, we 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 need time um, just to uh, aggregate this kind of missing evidence, um, but we we can address uh, other issues. But it's more the or uh, the the the, uh, the next step I would say would be just to um, to be a tool to for numismatics. It's not a question of defense and illustration of numismatics, but but still a bit um, the, just. Uh, FINA is a, it's a really nice tool just t- uh, to make uh, sh- to, just to promote numismatics uh, inside the historical studies, uh, largely speaking, and just to make sure that people will take into account this evidence, not the uh, specialized debates issues about that coin and uh, the, if it's genuine or not, but um, the way of thinking, who was collecting. How it was modified—that's really something uh, important, I think. And to answer your your question, yes, I am. I I I, I would I would be pleased to organize um, uh, other conferences. Um, but um, let's say that um, I'm not the best person to uh, raise to uh, raise money on fundings, and you you need some. And I was lucky to organize a, a conference with. Um, Early, enfin, easily funded uh, by different sources in rome rome is a great place um it's it's also a legitimate place i but we uh, we are we we are the, the landscape has changed and now we are you know more and more people are participating and certainly vienna is uh, bernard Wojtek. i would i would be pleased just to say a, mo- a word about bernard Wojtek because i'm so grateful to him uh and i did i, I I was gathering this evidence and, uh, and the grand document, so. But it's really um, Bernard Voitek. We, we were we were about uh, seven or eight persons to uh, found the the FINA project uh, officially, but the only one to have. Um, really did what he and he has extraordinary skills for that um to make it real um um getting funds from uh the austrian academy of sciences is, is bernard uh, bernard voitek so he was able to hire uh, daniela williams who is doing a tremendous uh, great job and uh and 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 of course there are Focusing on the Viennese part, it means uh Eckel, uh, Fröhlich and, and the others, and it will be um, it will be it will be various sets of volumes which are nearly ready of all the all the letters. Um, and Bernard uh, it is the I, I think it is the, the third, possibly the fourth uh, funding uh, that Bernard uh got from uh from the austria uh from austria so it's it's uh it's it, 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 it's a balance but i'm i'm going to rome
0: uh
1: just i'm going to rome next April enfin, next month for for nearly 20 days and i will work on fina again so
0: I have one final question, and this is a question I ask everybody who shows up on the podcast. And I was wondering if you remember your first contact with coins and what inspired you to begin studying numismatics?
1: Ooh. I, I'm not a very uh, representative case, I suppose, because I, I, uh, I didn't collect coins as a teenager. Uh, I was not interested by that at all. I wanted to become an, an archaeologist or a an historian, and I was fascinated by the Mayas, the pre-Columbians, and um, and and then I decided, for I suppose bad reasons, more than good reasons, to uh, to do my studies in a university without any. Uh, department for the pre-Columbians, which in Belgium, Belgium is very far from Mexico and, and Guatemala, of course, <laughs> um, and uh, and and then I, it's not immediately. It's um at my, my second second year at the university in louvain la neuve I met somebody, as it happens so frequently. So I met uh, my the one who will be my my the director of my 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 master degree, my PhD, Tony Atkins, who was, a, it was Tony Atkins was a, a force de la nature. He was he was um, extremely energetic, able to speak twenty languages. I think it's uh, it was um, uh, he was born uh, in in this very very small part of Belgium where people are speaking German, and um, and um, And he entered, I remember, well, he he, he entered in the classroom uh, when we went, where we were at the second year at the university, and he asked us, who is interested to be published in English uh, soon? And I said, what he said?" Because because normally it's something something that mm, it's not expected that a professor will propose that to to students. And we had to, to... we had to work a lot at that time. Possibly that's an American connection. But uh, the best friend of uh, Tony Atkins was um, Ross Holloway. And Ross Holloway died unfortunately last year, but he was he was the professor in at Brown University in Rhode Island. In uh, uh, and Ross Ross and Tony were the best friends uh, on earth, and so there were uh in, they created uh series publications uh Tony Atkins published i don't know how many hundreds of books um of the others i mean for so he sacrificed in a way his own scientific career to the career of all the others and and um and then the fact is that coins coins are wonderful i mean in a way. <laughs> It's uh, it's no <laughs> captatio benevolentiae for the audience of a planchette. but uh, <laughs> so, but the fact is that you, when you are in Belgium, it's not anthropology and and, and archaeology; it's uh, 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 archaeology and art history. And art history is a uh, feeling is that it's a bit too subjective. It could be too subjective. So if you are speaking about the Lao count for example, you are just the, Pff, how many? You have the. the to thousands of people who have spoken about the before you. So um, and and you cannot quantify. Sorry for that, but I like to quantify. And, um, and with coins, you can you can build your argumentation just like in a chess game. So it means that um, it's it's rather sound. Uh, it will be difficult to to disprove or just to to, to, to say the, the, the opposite. And that's very satisfying, uh, especially when you are young and positivist um, and so because coins have um, as we all know they have um, a dyes a weights, a diaxes, a diameters, a metallic composition they are circulating in many many odds so you can you can really um, you can be positive uh, in in a way and so and 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 also the idea that it's a big world uh dealing with coins who are well, i suppose with a lot of material but it's it's a big world coins are coins circulated and so you are immediately well, in most cases you are confronted with a subcontinent or a continent uh with a, a, um, a deepness of a depth of historical time um and so and you are just like a a chariot, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> in the pampa or, <laughs> or on a horse. And I, and I, I immediately uh, liked that, uh, really, 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 really. And possibly just to say one uh, a personal anecdote, um, I did my, my master's degree on um, the first Carnegie, Silver Carnegie, struck by Alexander the Great. It was really about the date of the first Alexander Silver. Um, and, um, and I remember, so I was, I, I was on the point to finish and then arrived the last issue of the Numismatic Chronicle. And it arrived to the, in the office on the desk of Tony Akins and Tony Akins uh, passed it to me saying, okay, I just checked, there's nothing for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in the articles, but in the there was in the in the notes, but it was a very, very long notes so of fifteen pages. Arresta Zervos um mm. worked the American Numismatic Society. Arresta mm-hmm. Zervas produced a paper uh, um just exact with with exactly the same point as I, I I I built on my site. So it means that basically that Alexander the Great um and it was, I mean, came under, on the throne in uh, 336, but it didn't uh, It didn't strike coins before 332. So it's a question of four years. Who matters? No, no, who matters? Woo it's a sacrilege. Uh, <laughs> Alexander the Great is such a big uh, figure that you cannot. <laughs> and so it was, uh, Martin Price was not thinking that. And so we, we um, but so, the, uh, and I was destroyed saying, okay, I work for nothing and um and, and and then the second part i was very very encouraged by um uh by people from vns actually by i by isla Truxel uh working and then i received i remember i was very i was just after my comp- completing my, my studies i published a, a paper in the revue belge and i received a letter of of margaret thompson oh and that's i <laughs> I remember my fingers were ooh, shaking. saying, I cannot open that letter. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I kept it. <laughs> so and and she was very kind. So um, that was the beginning. But so I'm. I'm. Uh, it's not because um, after. It's not because I, I collected as a teenager. Uh, of course, after that I, 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 and and uh, first thing working for a current cabinet, you are. Um, you are not supposed to collect yourself, and when I mention not supposed, I never collected coins it myself. It's silly because I mean it. It would be silly to collect because uh, um, my meager uh, means of uh, state employee <laughs> are nothing to compete with uh, anybody. And uh, and 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 of course, it's a question of ethical uh, an ethical issue. Yes, yes, of um, course. But that, that's of course. So, so I, I never did that. Um, but I was at a certain point, but long time after. After quantification, history and uh, economy, I would say, um, during let's say about 20 years ago, I was um, struck. I mean, art history uh, um, came back, and uh, and I, I I and 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 it really was a pleasure to have a gun in your hand. And just to say, okay, it's exactly the opposite of archaeology. When you are on an archaeological site, you have to you have to develop your imagination because <laughs> you cannot see anything. And you say, oh, here is a palace and there were columns, and uh, but there's nothing. You have to be very creative. With a coin, it's exactly the contrary. You have a coin in, the, in your hand, and it's exactly lovely, exactly the same coin as it was in ancient times. And then it's not uh, the landscape which is uh, changing, or it's really your hands, and you see your hands. And it's a hands of rough masonry, and then possibly a bishop and a prostitute, and all these uh, top topos, topoi, or, or classical characters. Um, but 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 the beauty of uh, the beauty of these kinds is really something which is which is. I mean, I can, uh, and I and I suppose it's more and more, and especially now that we have these uh, very large enlargement of very high quality, so. um you can really dive into a coin, and 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 just to let your mind just going in different ways, and um, yeah, <laughs> not a collector myself, but a, a deep appreciator of uh, of coins, of course.
0: Yes, uh, that's, that's one of the joys of you know, working here at the American Numismatic Society, is that anytime I want, I can walk down and talk to Peter van Alphen, and we can go into the vault yeah. and take a look at something. and. It's, it's not a private collection, you know, it's not mine. But, you know, if I have a research question or something, I can, yeah. I can walk in and take a look. And I'm glad that there are places in the world and people in the world who are collecting like this yeah. and making things available, you know, for public access, open access, mm-hmm. and especially online as well.
1: And speaking about making things available, the, the American Numismatic Society is really wonderful. And we are all grateful to this great institution, and especially for everything, and for images, for bibliography, of course, donomies. Oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> the, the <laughs> side, the, the first reflex of everyone. So no, and it's a
0: long tradition of that. So. Well done, well done. No, th- th- thank you very much. I-, I wish I could take some of the credit. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, been, we've been doing this since, I guess, 1858, and hopefully it'll be another 2,000 yeah. years or something. Yes. <laughs> we'll continue to do this. <laughs> um, well, for Francois, it's been an absolute uh, treat to uh, speak with you today and to speak with you last week as well. I know we had a little bit of technical difficulty, but we got through it, and you sounded great. And, um, yeah, I'd like to do this again sometime. So, so thank you again for a conversation. Thank you so much, Andrew. My pleasure. Sure.